0: Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I am the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney, who is a licensed trauma and couples therapist, also at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And we are here on 1150 AM Talk Radio every Tuesday, but you can also find us wherever you listen to your favorite uh, podcast. Just search for Holding Ground. So good morning, Michelle. Morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners.
1: Quick reminder, if you like what you hear and you want to schedule a complimentary consultation or review some of uh, our past episodes or a blog content, there's a lot of good stuff on our website. You can find at anchorlighttherapy.com. So let's jump in, Laura.
0: What is our topic for today? So this is a big one with uh, people who seek out both individual and couples therapy because it creates a lot of stress for us. And that's when we feel insecure, In our relationships and so today we're going to talk about how you can stop feeling insecure in your relationships so you know we all want to be our most confident positive attractive selves when we're uh building and maintaining close intimate relationships however when something is really valuable to us like a close relationship it can also shine a a spotlight on a lot of our deepest insecurities and bring up a lot of fear so Michelle, what do you see as some signs that somebody is experiencing some insecurity in their relationship? Sure. Yeah, so the first one um,
1: is anxiety. It brings up a lot of anxiety and anxious thoughts and anxious behaviors about the relationship and how you feel about yourself in the relationship. Does your partner like you? Things like that. Um, Or avoidance, right? So this this is bringing up a lot of feelings. I want to be in love, but I want to be close. So this doesn't quite feel safe. So maybe I'm not going to go all in. Um, So these are both related to insecurities in some sort of way about relationships. Um, And if your relationship... Uh, indicates, right, the sense of I'm not really in control, right, you feel like you can't be yourself, Um, it might be really time to address some of your insecurities uh, in relationships. And you're right, Laura, um, you know, it's both with couples and individuals. Typically, I would almost see this one happening more with some individuals, or, you know, it can be like a thing that know if clients come in with a lot of things they want to talk about, but um, you know, this is definitely one of them as well It's like, I want to get back out there, but you know, here's all my fears and my challenges. So um, a lot in individual work, but yeah, definitely in couples work uh, as well. A couple other things that could indicate you're feeling insecure. Um, You're really consumed by the relationship. You're really hyper-focused on your partner and your partner's happiness. And also you can feel um, a lot of negative thoughts um, and responding to these thoughts or your anxieties with impulsive actions so these can be some indicators that you are feeling insecure but what are some other ones Laura.
0: Well, one is a topic that we wrote a blog about a while ago that got some really good traction because obviously this is a concept with that resonated with people. Is that you might experience retroactive jealousy, meaning you might become fixated on your partner's past, who they dated before, who they've um, slept with before, uh, how they felt about people in the past, comparing it to whether it is as you know, how they feel about you. Do they like you as more or as much? Um, You might really fixate on your partner's social media, what's going on in their phone, things like that. You might also find that you avoid addressing conflict. So you assume that if you bring up any of your concerns, that that's going to be the end of the relationship, that you need to just tolerate whatever, because if you bring anything up, there's no possible way of resolving conflict or working through it. Right. Um, And in that, you just, you feel disempowered. You maybe feel like you can't be yourself or or that you have to self-sacrifice in some sort of way to continue to be in the relationship or that your happiness is completely dependent on the relationship or on this other person. So all of that, none of that sound feels good or is fun. And so (laughs) Michelle, for people who are maybe confused, if this is what's going on with them, if they're feeling a little bit insecure in their relationship, um, let's break down some of the signs of that you might be experiencing some insecurity. What might this look like? hmm. So yeah. Um, so on the
1: topic of being hyper focused on your partner, um, you might feel like your partner is more important than you. So that's when we can start to put our partners needs before our own. Um, so uh, it with the um, hope, right, that they'll appreciate that, they won't, you know, they won't wanna leave us, that sort of thing. Um, You start to feel as though as you must manage your partner's behavior in order to feel secure. So this can look like a couple of things. So this could um, be things like keeping track of your partner and can you be home by five, that sort of thing. Um, Or it can be managing your own behaviors to manage theirs. So um, this can look like, You came into the relationship loving pizza, but your partner doesn't. Well, we're never ordering pizza because he doesn't like that. And we can never order two different things, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, so you're managing your own behavior. And that can also look like maybe you had different ideas of where you wanted to travel, um, friends that you hang out with. Okay, my partner doesn't like ex-friends, so I'm not going to hang out with that person anymore. So it's controlling our behavior and an attempt to make them happy and manage their behavior um, and their emotions. And when you're dealing with this kind of, you know, uh, anxious and maybe hypervigilance to, um, you know, either manage your partner, or really just becoming really focused on them, um, it's a good time to really sit down with your own anxiety, right? And and analyze your thoughts and feelings and try not to project these onto your partner. Um, another good thing is self compassion. Um, giving yourself grace as you learn how to feel less insecure in your relationships. Um, And realizing some of these things are um, maybe automatic thoughts based on old history, right? So maybe you had a series of bad relationships. So you must assume that every relationship is going to go bad or that nobody loves me, things like that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, So really recognizing these might be automatic thoughts versus what's actually happening in the moment. Um, And then another thing that uh, with time, you can start to um, pause if you're having some sort of anxious response coming up, and then hopefully uh, realize, okay, right, this isn't actually what's happening right now. This is, you know, I'm having maybe some triggers that aren't related to what's happening right now or my partners, we can hopefully get to a place where we can pause, right, be curious about the anxious responses and and in terms of like, where's this coming from, uh, that
0: sort of thing can be
1: really helpful. So on, on the topic of negative thoughts,
0: Laura, um, can you just explain
1: more about that?
0: I think it's really important to recognize that what you believe, whether it's conscious or unconscious, what you believe your mind is always looking for proof that that is true. And so if I feel insecure, if I feel like people are going to reject me, abandon me, I'm not lovable. I have to people please for people to like me, whatever it is. My mind is going to be constantly searching for proof that that's true. And it might be going okay. to the past and saying, Hey, remember when you ordered pizza and your partner didn't like that? And they broke up with you the next day? See, there's proof <laughs> that you should never <laughs> eat pizza again. Right. Um, so pizza that's is not good. More. <laughs> <just> that. <laughs> so you get into this loop and then you, you continue to focus on that information. And then you start to see it, whether it's there or not. You might become, like we said before, hyper vigilant. You might notice, oh, my partner didn't text me back right away that maybe that's proof that they're upset about something that I did, when in fact maybe they're just at work or driving or doing something else and it has nothing to do with you. So that's why becoming more aware of your negative thoughts and how they're influencing your behavior can be really empowering. Right, right, exactly.
1: So, Laura, we were talking a little bit earlier about retroactive jealousy. So, to break that down a little bit more. And you made the point of we have that blog on the website. We actually did a, um, a whole episode on this as well, so you can find this on our website. Um, but you know, really, it's searching for information about your partner's past relationships, either yeah, on social media, um, where we can really be. You know, this could be a full-blown uh, episode of uh, retroactive jealousy if um, you know we. Um, are really engaged and immersed in that all of the time. So some things we want to do is kind of challenge what our behavior, right? So ask yourself, what is it that I'm searching for? Um, You know, what is the need to search and look at our partner's phone or social media? What's the behavior, right, that we're actually trying to um, address here, right? What What need might we have that if we were to talk to our partner about it, they could um, give us that reassurance, or we could talk it through together versus always, you know, uh, looking at uh, your ex-partner's Facebook. Um, So, you know, ask yourself, am I searching for validation, right? So if I'm searching my partner's uh, ex-girlfriends, and maybe I feel like I'm a little bit more attractive than they all were, right, that feels good, then I have some validation, or I might compare, like, educational experience, or travel photos, or whatever it is, where you're really starting to compare yourself to these other people when, you know, there's a lot more there right? There's a bigger story there. So maybe, you know, asking your partner, like, hey, why why did not some of your prior relationships work out, right? And that gives you more information versus what, you know, this um, ideal glamorized version you're creating in your head by looking at somebody's vacation uh, photos uh, online. So, um, and, um, you know, thinking about it too, like the more uh, attention we give these other people, these past relationships, you're in a way inviting them into your relationship, right? You're creating all this headspace that really could be devoted to your partner and your relationship, maybe other interests and hobbies. You're inviting all these people to live in your head, right? And it's we have precious real estate up there, so we don't mm-hmm. want to have them living in our heads or definitely not be a part of uh, our relationship.
0: And I think that that's such a good point, Michelle, that, you know, it's taking up so much mental space and a lot of people are struggling with this. We've had a lot of people reach out um, after finding that blog because it's a topic that really resonated with them and it's something that they're finding difficult to move past. And I think something really important to acknowledge with this is if you are experiencing retroactive jealousy and you are jealousy and you are fixated on your partner's past, it's really not about their past. It's about something that's going on within you. So you can look at their Mm -hmm. past partners and you can say, you know, well, I'm better looking or I'm more educated or wealthier or whatever it is. It gives you a temporary boost of validation, but mm-hmm. it will be so temporary and fleeting. And then your brain will automatically go to something, a different loop that's going to still be mm-hmm. negative. Well, maybe the sex was better or maybe <laughs> why did they like this person that was so unattractive or whatever it is? There's just, it's a no win situation. So mm-hmm. when you're experiencing this, which is also considered a form of obsessive compulsive disorder. You right. might need to seek out a therapist that can help you learn how to manage these symptoms and maybe go a little bit deeper as to why you're needing this validation or you are feeling so insecure in the relationship. Right. Versus,
1: hey, this partner of mine, right? They're with me now. They're choosing me over these people, right? Like, these can be very hard things to grasp. And like you're saying, Laura, you know, it might temporarily relieve some of that anxiety, right? Maybe it's scratching it a little bit. Yeah. But then, okay, you check that
0: box. Now what's the next thing I can worry about? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not about your partner's exes. Everybody has exes. It's about something else that's going on that you want to address.
1: So what are some other insecurities? What are some other signs, Laura?
0: Um, I think another big one is when people will not address conflict, that they're very fearful of addressing conflict, of bringing up anything expressing any concerns that they might have that they just want to sweep it under the rug to avoid any difficult conversations for fearing that that would be the end of the relationship or addressing any negative feelings anything that could be perceived by their partner in a negative light and the problem with that is in your partner doesn't really know you if you refuse to share yourself your whole self the great parts and the more challenging parts then you're really not going to build a really deep connection with someone. And you're always going to be afraid that they're going to find something out about you because you're hiding these different aspects of yourself that you don't feel are acceptable or you have shame around. So in the end, the not addressing conflict doesn't create a healthy uh, relationship. It often creates resentment because you're tolerating things that aren't okay with you. And it creates a sense of almost... um, I don't know if imposter syndrome is a bad word, but like, I'm going to be found out, like if they find out how terrible I am and really I get angry sometimes, or really I don't like going bowling every Friday, then they're going to break up with, oh. with, with more fear. <laughs> <I'm> going, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. So, you know, you want it, we feel safe in relationships where we feel seen and we feel like the person that we're with knows us on a deep level and, and that they're connected to us emotionally. So when you, when you don't allow someone that opportunity, you're going to continue to feel insecure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're not showing up as your full self whatsoever, and wouldn't you prefer to have somebody who loves the full you, right? Versus yeah. you know what we're uh, showing one another, and yeah, and um, avoiding the conflict, avoiding addressing your needs, right? Because if I address my needs, then suddenly I'm going to be a burden to my partner. So we uh, hold those things in too. Yeah, so all this uh, withholding, right, doesn't mm-hmm. isn't
0: effective. Um, and so- how would you feel, Michelle, if you found out years later? In fact, I have a friend who had a great example that she had a partner that they watched uh, Jeopardy every night together. And she thought this was this ritual of bonding that they had and that this was like something that added to their relationship. And at the end of the relationship, he said, you know what? and I hate Jeopardy, and she (laughs) was crushed because she felt like she'd been deceived and like that he was harboring all this resentment when she didn't even know that something was wrong or have the opportunity to correct it, and so I think that's, you know, to think about how you would feel if somebody didn't share their negative feelings or their concerns with you, what, what would you experience like, experience that like on the other side is a good thing to take into consideration as well. Yeah, yeah. Oof, the Jeopardy
1: one. I mean, that just shows, you know, maybe there was other things maybe that person was holding back not to psychoanalyzing friend's ex. But you know, (laughs) if we're not talking about Jeopardy, right, there might be other things we're not talking about too. And then yeah, the resentment build. And then at the very end, he's like, Hey, just so you know. So yeah, exactly. Not not effective. So
0: Yeah. Um, So, Michelle, I'm curious what you think about, because a lot of times when we're insecure, it feels like our happiness is dependent on our partner or on our relationship. So what what do you think about that? What does that look like?
1: hmm that really looks like checking uh, our partner to kind of gauge, right, how we should feel in a situation, right, if we're being approved of, if we're feeling valued, uh, if our partner's having a bad day, well, now I'm going to have a bad day, right, really um, being dependent on uh, your partner, whether uh, they're giving you, um, you know, satisfaction and you know, saying things, doing the right things and, you know, making you feel loved, or if they're doing things where, whoop, you know, he, he's suddenly frowning, and it must be about me, right, versus like, maybe, you know, he just doesn't like Jeopardy, we don't know. Um, so we can't just assume, right, a shift in mood is necessarily uh, disapproval in any sort of way. Um, and if you're, really dependent on whether or not uh, you can feel joy or happiness, uh, because if you know, depending on if your partner is uh, exhibiting those behaviors or showing uh, that you have value, uh, this can really uh, create the sense of feeling like you're out of control, right? If you're totally dependent on external stimuli to see like, am I okay, am I safe? How are you going to feel if you're just sitting there by yourself, right? So um, it really can start to feel like we're not in control of our own decisions, our own happiness after a certain point. this can also lead to manipulation. So you are uh, feeling more safe and feeling more comfortable. So things like, um, if you know, gaslighting is a form of manipulation. Um, you know, uh, things like making your partner feel guilty if you know they stayed out with their friends longer than you would like them to, right? Maybe you exhibit uh, strong emotions to manipulate your partner into really understanding that you're hurt versus, hey, let's having a conversation about it. Or it could be like putting on a facade. So I'm just always happy, and I'm gonna, you know, always make your favorite dinner, and and I, you know, I'm so generous and supportive, and all this stuff, right? That isn't maybe uh, authentic all the time, but you're doing this to kind of manipulate your partner into uh, hopefully staying with you, hopefully um, showing you some sort of approval. So where does this start, Laura? Where can some of these uh, causes of insecurity come from?
0: Well, I can start all the way back in the beginning with, you know, how we attach to our parents or our primary caregivers and how we felt in those relationships, if we felt safe and loved and, and seen, or if we didn't. So there can be old stuff that comes up in relation, you know, childhood stuff that comes up in your relationship. It could also be previous relationships that, mm-hmm. that trigger some of these responses. So you want to just maybe reflect on that, you know, what has shown up in your life that has caused you to believe that relationships might be might not be safe and mm-hmm. that you somehow have to manipulate them or not, you know, really be your true self in them in order for them to move forward. So as I mentioned, Michelle, you know, stuff from the past, especially trauma from the past can be a trigger. So tell me a little bit more about like what that might look like in a relationship.
1: Yeah, if we have unaddressed uh, trauma, especially trauma involving other people, um, it, we can really bring that into our current life circumstances. Uh, trauma, from um, past relationships for sure. So if we had an abusive or inconsistent partner, somebody who always put us down, made us feel like we have very little value. Of course, we're gonna carry that forward, right? Because somebody taught you that you don't have value, you're not lovable. So you know, until you process that experience, you're gonna keep bringing it into uh, further uh, relationships and situations. Um, And sometimes this can create this self-fulfilling prophecy almost as, you know, our beliefs kind of inform our behaviors and then therefore, right, the the fear is more likely to come true. So we definitely want to uh, work on that past trauma. Uh, What's the next one, Laura?
0: Well, I think that the cliche is true that if you can't love yourself you have a hard time loving other people and so if you have low self esteem or a lack of confidence, it's going to be really hard to not feel it's going to be very hard to feel secure in your relationships. Um, And so sometimes people feel like, well, what would heal me is if I just had somebody that really loved me and then that would resolve my insecurities and we'd all live happily ever after. Um, When in fact, that is really not true, that it all starts with you and the relationship that you're having with yourself is really going to be reflected to you outside in the outside world. So if you have a really toxic, difficult relationship with yourself, you're very critical, you feel insecure about who you are, you're probably going to attract people into your life experience who might you might have similar dynamics with. Um, mm. And it is true. You know, it feels really great to be in a supportive, loving, healthy relationship. And that can increase your sense of self-worth. But it's also hard to accept that if you don't already feel confident on some level. So if I feel really like yeah. I'm not a great person, and then somebody comes in and just gives me all this love and approval and acceptance, I might kind of go, gee, what's wrong with this person? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do they see how terrible I am? Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. so it really you know the first relationship and the most important relationship really is the one that you're having with yourself and so if you're finding that you're having difficult relationships that's really a good place to start you know if you have a lack of self-esteem or confidence is working you know through what's going on with you
1: all right so the next one laura is uh, limiting beliefs about romantic relationships so that could be like things like relationships won't last. All men are selfish. All women are gold diggers. People will always hurt you and let you down. No one will ever love me if they find out who I am. So these are things that can really trap us as well from um, really having success in relationships.
0: Yeah. And that's going back to what we said earlier. Your mind looks for proof that what you believe is true. So if you know, all women are gold diggers, or all men cheat, or whatever the narrative is. You will see examples of that because th- that is tr- there are women who are gold diggers. There are all, there are men who are going to cheat. That's not everybody, but your right. brain will tune into those people and and really hold on to those examples. So, mm-hmm. resolving some of those fears and becoming aware of what your your narrative is can help you shift some of those beliefs so that you can be more open. Right. Yep. Yeah. With another one, Laura. Fear of failure. It's always interesting to me, and I've experienced this myself too, is we feel like we should be psychic in our relationships. So, you know, whenever a breakup happens, we say, well, I should have known that was coming. I was so stupid to try that out. You know, I should have seen it. Well, you really can't know any, you know, I mean, maybe there's some, maybe there's some patterns that you can notice that might predict certain outcomes, but really we don't know what's going to happen. It's a risk. It's a risk to be in a relationship and, 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 you know, open yourself to another person and be vulnerable. And then you might risk that it just doesn't work out and that happens all the time. But if you're overly concerned with failure, and if you feel like that means something that you're a bad person or bad at relationships, um, it's gonna be really hard to, to open yourself up to connecting with another person because there is always that possibility. And at the same time, that's gonna be what's required. If you wanna be in a relationship, you have to take that risk. And so if we focus on fear of failure, we're gonna have a tough time. If we recognize that failure is a possibility, but build resilience to it and know that while we might be hurt or disappointed that we we are you know motivated to have a connected relationship with somebody and it's worth the risk, then it's going to make it a lot easier to feel more secure in your relationships. So what Uh, else, Michelle, what do you, what else are some of these things that are making people feel insecure?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a lot more to get to. Um, so, uh, the next one is looking for proof that your negative self-talk is true. So again, like training your mind to, uh, constantly validate your negative beliefs about yourself or, um, that your insecurities are inevitable. Um, but, you know, if you really try to start training your brain to focus on, uh, that you are a worthwhile person, um, you know, you will see the proof that, um, this influences your behavior towards acting more confident. And instead of insecure, So we can retrain our brains, right? Our brains are always growing, changing. So, you know, if we learned at one point, two plus two is five and over and over again, we taught that. But then suddenly somebody taught us, no, two plus two is four, right? You can adapt to that new information in the same way, right? We can adapt to um, some more positive uh, self-thought. So, um, all right, Laura, so how can we stop feeling insecure in a relationship?
0: I mean, you could go to therapy. And that ah, you can work through all of this see? stuff. But, you know, some other things that we want to think about, you know, as whether you do this in therapy or you have another coach or way that you process information, um, is just reflecting on your own personal experience, maybe looking at how generational trauma might be impacting you. Are these beliefs that were passed down to you from your family? Did things, are there patterns that have happened in that your family have caused you to feel like you can't be your full self in a relationship? Um, But just know that these are things that can be addressed and resolved. Um, If you wanna do the work, however you choose to do that, therapy is a great place for it to move Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: a few more, um, you know, again, always address that uh, past trauma, right? It can be a scary place in the world if, you know, we continue to relive these things, relive the thoughts about ourselves, um, which, uh, you know, goes nicely into healing our attachment wounds, right? If we have an insecure attachment style, that's something that can be uh, worked on in therapy. Um, You know, we kind of covered this already, but questioning your limited self-beliefs, right? Are these, um, you know, beliefs still true? What's the story you're telling yourself about your partner and in rel- in your relationship? Um, asking yourself, who would I be if I didn't have these limited um, beliefs anymore? So, um, you know, trying to look for evidence of your negative self-belief not being true. Um, so, um, all right, Laura, can you say more about how surrounding ourselves with positive people might help?
0: Yeah, so a few things that you can do to change this narrative that might be making you feel insecure in relationships is that you can surround yourself with positive people, maybe eliminate people who are critical, reactive, negative, the people that bring you down, um, and know that you are You want to attract the relationships that are right for you so you don't need to manipulate people you don't need to feel shame or hold back, you really want to do the best that you can to show who you are so that you connect with the right people instead of creating an edited version of you, which may Mm -hmm. draw the wrong people to you right. Right. Exactly. Um, And the last one, of course, is
1: practicing self-care, self-love, self-compassion. So really investing in yourself, your own physical, mental, and emotional health um, are really great examples of how to do this. You know, taking care of our physical body uh, directly translates to our mental health and then vice versa. Um, Trying to give yourself a break, right? Um, As you're growing and learning through this experience, you know, give yourself some credit and you're not going to just jump out into the world and do relationships perfectly after a couple therapy sessions, right? It's a gradual process. Um, Again, uh, challenging that negative self-talk. So, you know, really trying to do things like healthy diet, um, time in nature, uh, therapy, all those things, and maybe some extra pizza, whatever it is you need to do to really take care of yourself when you're, you know, working through these things and in general. So,
0: well, that's it for today, Laura. All great tips, Michelle. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into Holding Ground. We will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
1: Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
0: And we'll see you next week.